Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. My name is Lee Maxwell and as usual I'm joined by... Nigel Lamont and Connor McCann. This is episode number 76. Previous episode was number 75, funnily enough. That's how numbers work. Um, and it was thanks for stopping by, which I think some people did not get that yeah. pun. I'll not name and, name and shame anyone, but someone very close to us, I said the name of the episode when he asked me something about it. And I just happened to say the name and he just looked at me and went, boy, I just got that. <laughs> and anybody who knows this gentleman will probably know that from that statement who it is. <laughs> so the previous episode we talked about uh, just a load of random crap as usual and the I suppose the where the inspiration for the title came from was a mysterious package that arrived with Connor and I. It was a Max Verstappen. It was indeed. I was solved the mystery of where it came from. Which we did was good. solve the mystery. Second episode of Poirot. Yes, um, Detective Strong. So this episode is another, um, just one of the usual chat news questions. Well, you um, see, we we'll sometimes do topics, and the feedback we get mostly is when you just talk crap. We like that. Yeah. I still I quite enjoy the people. topics the odd time. Yeah, it's good to um, research, increase your knowledge. And this year, this probably would have been the time that we would have done our Christmas present episode, like the yeah. last couple of years we've mm-hmm. done it. But I think we took the view this year that we might have run out of things to talk about. We might have mentioned yeah, a lot of automotive-themed presents already. So we might bring it back for next year if any interesting new products come out. Uh, but this year we're just going to leave it and uh, get a bit of a break. But it was Black Friday this week. Um, it'll have been Cyber Monday. By the mm-hmm. time this comes mm-hmm. out, I wish somebody had told me beforehand that it was going to be those. Oh, wait. No, I got 18,000 emails from every company I have oh, ever yeah. vaguely and interacted then, with. Yep. They send you one email followed by a consecutive 10. Yeah. I don't know. My emails on Black Friday is just an absolute shit show. Like. I think even businesses that I walked past in the street have sent me an email, like, honestly. <laughs> I think there was research done that email marketing is always better for companies than social media advertising because it's direct it's more to successful you. you're more likely to click i just don't even look at it see i would for me i would disagree i don't look at email stuff but i am a sucker for a sponsored ad like well yes you did buy a child's toy for the bath we don't have a bath or a child i know you know she does have a child you well yeah <laughs> i did like it it was, <laughs> just, it was, it was a very cute wheel you know yeah. so there you go child <laughs> So we'll start off as usual, I think, with just what's new with us. So, Nigel, what's are you new got, are you with you? Are going to talk about what you bought on Black Friday? No. I didn't buy anything. No, you didn't? I bought a bit. We'll talk. Well, you obviously have this. No, I haven't. No? no, just clothes I bought, but it's nothing to do with motors. I, I'm kind of the same. Believe yeah. it or not, me, who is always the proponent of buy all the things right now, I literally didn't buy anything. I'm very surprised you didn't buy some tools in the Black Friday or Autodoc items. I went to buy auto dock items, and to be honest with you, the only thing I needed really at the minute was um, a seal for Lee's gearbox, and it was a tenner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can get it even locally for the same price. Like, it doesn't really make any Just odds. talking about car parts, I've noticed now in the last year, it used to be your car parts online. You used to have to enter the discount code. Uh-huh. Now the code's automatically added. Oh, yeah, right. So it does it for you. So what's the point of the discount in the first place if it's uh, already added? Yeah, it's sure it, they're a bit like DFS, aren't they? The, the eternal sale. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think most companies is like that. To put when I worked in retail years ago, um, what used to happen was they would have like the Christmas price, so let's say on bikes. So you had this bike, and it was like, say it was a kid's bike, it's like seventy nine ninety nine. 
they have to obviously by law you know it has to be a reduced price and it has to be at a, the advertised increased price for so long what they were actually doing now this is going back what maybe about eight years legally what they're allowed to do is they can advertise the discounted price and the price it's discounted from can be a future price so they, there'll be a small thing at the bottom that'll say you know after the sale it will be x yeah. price so say it'll be like it's a hundred pounds down to 80 it'll say the hundred pounds price will be charged from february two months time it's like some back to the future stuff. it is yeah minority report get on your delorean go get that discount so yeah so yeah what's you with you nigel uh big moves at the lamont household the i've talked about talked about it finally we have broken soil for the garage build yes. i like it um, you get the local council they couldn't, couldn't arrive they couldn't arrive in a uh, worse day see basically for this garage there's going to be four phases groundwork concrete build mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me and then the wiring of it yep so phase one the groundwork was friday morning which was a very busy day because my son was 18 mm-hmm. happy birthday jack so we we're getting a whole lot of things organized that day and uh, just had to clear out the whole backyard and move things about and all. But the guys got the site cleared and stoned, and the guy that's laying the concrete hopes to be here next week because it'll be a dry, dry week. So happy it is. Get her sorted. And then Ricky, he's doing the wiring for me. He's going to put a duct in for the wiring. You'll be oh, glad to hear. Yeah. So when I messaged you and you sent me the photos, like, oh, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. By. My estimations, depending on the shed fabricator, who's on to me, not on to me, but regularly updating to see what stage it was at, I would like to think we would have a, it up for Christmas. Nothing like having it up for Christmas? Here. It's the only way to, <laughs> it's <laughs> <only> <laughs> to roll. Um, yeah, Is everybody here. happy when it's up? You know? That's brilliant. Yeah. And then you'll have to get Ricky in. Or, well, sorry, Ricky's What are we talking about now? Well, uh, <laughs> we'll contract it out. Hope Ricky gets a good tender price in. Yes, absolutely. Um... Yeah, that's class. Like it's, we talked about this before as well. Like it's such a great feeling when you finally you've been pushing for something for so long and talking about doing it, and then it's actually happening. I was a bit worried about the width of it, and then say it's seven by five meters, mm-hmm. but now it's down the base. I go, yep, that's just, well. We you always s- need more space, obviously. But always, yeah. It's just the sort of side I wanted. Well, if you if you divide it largely in three, you mm-hmm. know, long ways. It's a single bay of ours that yeah. he has, so, and you'll comfortably work on that because that's what we were working on Lee's Jetta with. So yeah. you'll have no issue at all. What do you say, seven by five? Seven by five. I, a single bay in ours would be seven by eight, or sorry, eight by five. So yeah, you'll have. I, I couldn't have timed it better for putting up something like this because, as you know, there's houses going up behind my house. Mm-hmm. And so there's a gap in the hedge, which is going to let these houses sort of look into my back garden. So I'm just, just shoveling a shed up now like so it. they can look at the back of my shed. You just have a giant row of sheds to block yeah. everybody out. Yeah, that's the way I'll work. I like it. Is that ground where they were working on, does that retain water or is it, is it fairly dry? Where I'm working or down? It, it, no, sorry, where you're putting your garage? That's a, yeah, it's, 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 this whole hill is very rocky. Aye, that's good. I'm just thinking because it's been raining nonstop for about fucking two weeks and the poor guys doing that ground work. So I was just thinking it would be real mucky. <laughs> no, it was fine. No, nah, that's fine. good. So, yeah, exciting times. What else have you been up to then? Um, not a lot. Uh, yeah, not a lot. I haven't, I haven't got anywhere near cars. The usual story, work, work, work. Um, party, party, party. Uh, you came along for the initial sort of dub shed meeting. Yes, Lee was in Scotland. She abandoned mm. us. And so there should be announcements very soon and details, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It was, it was interesting sitting down 
and thinking, okay, right, there's the meeting going, it's happening, you know, and as always, few changes. Yeah. It's nice to keep things, things up. Yep. It's good to get together and get control. Yeah. It'll be nice when we actually talk properly about it too. <laughs> yeah. Which we will be next time. Excellent. Oh, well, that's good. So. That's good. Yeah, that's all that's new to me. Uh, I haven't looked anywhere near cars. I think I washed a car this week and I was a bit ahead of it. I certainly didn't wash a uh, car. Unlike, unlike yourself, who's rebuilding cars on a regular basis. Oh, uh, well, trying to. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> what about you, Lee? So, two weekends ago, after just after we recorded the last podcast, uh, we stopped on the way home with our good friend and listener, Connor Old, to pick up a gearbox, which he was kindly uh, donating to the cause. So we had a good afternoon's crack with him, and Jamie Hill was there as well when we were there with his very cute dog. Yes. Um, What's her dog, was it? It's a Rottweiler. Very good. We we got out of Connor's house, and this Rottweiler greeted us. I say greeted, it's a Rottweiler. And uh, I looked at it, and I was like, I know that dog. I know that dog from Instagram. I was like, that's Jamie's dog. I was like, <laughs> Instagram, Instagram famous Rottweiler. Yeah. Is it Cooper? He's Cooper, yeah. yeah. He's a nice dog. Uh, so they were had been working on Connor's Mark II. And uh, so yeah. we got to see a little bit of progress on that. Do you know anything about that car? I've been following the build thread. That's special. Quite, yes. Yeah, it's quite a car. Do you follow, just sort of off topic, but still on topic, Mark II, do you follow um, Chris Keaton in Scotland? I do, yeah, the red Mark II. You see the G60 build he's doing? Yes. Mm-hmm. That man's attention to details. Just, yeah. It'll put my build to shame. You might know his car, the red big bumper one with the chrome RSs and there's a chrome 20-valve turbo on it. It's always a clean fest. Clean well, fest and ultimate dubs. Yes, and it reminds me of Nelly's Mark II. Yeah, yes. From back in the day. Is there a chrome? Or sorry, chrome. A cream interior. Yes. Yes, I that the, the detail on that car is on real. Yeah. Was yeah. But I've just been following his build thread, and I'm just going. <laughs> I, I, I'm. <laughs> I'm done with that. Why, why bother? <laughs> why, why even compete? Yeah. Uh, so I, funnily enough, Chris. speaking of Scottish Mark Twos, I saw a little white Mark II when I was in air the other day. I think it was on RS's or RM's or something too. White one. It was nice. I do like a nice... Uh, just It was fairly standard looking too, mm. wasn't it? Just nice and simple. For me, there's something now that's itching in the back of my head. Uh, Mark II, small bumper, non-GTI, lowered, nice, special wheels. That's... Wonder if Rissy Brown listen. Scratching mm. the back of my head. <laughs> a Type 19 by any chance? Maybe. <laughs> Um, what else is new with me? Uh, we were building the gearbox yesterday in the garage. Yep. Um, so this was the new gearbox to go in. So I should explain. The gearbox that we got from Connor was to take the fifth gear from. Yeah. TDI box. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The gearbox that we're building, so the new, in inverted commas, gearbox, is the one that I got a few years ago for my Passat when Dri- I thought that the gearbox warranty. Warranty. was done <laughs> in the Passat and it turned out it wasn't. Just the drive shaft had just fallen out, but I thought the gearbox was done. And obviously the one that's in the car is the one that's in the car, so it's going to come out and the new one go in. So we were working on that yesterday and then a couple of friends of ours had called around just for an afternoon's crack. Now Brown and Borley come down. They had been to an auto jumble that morning, and Richie very kindly had bought me a Mark One Nova manual. That's just a little bit. Oh, no, it's actually an auto data manual. All right, very good. I, before the days of auto data, <coughs> been on auto data. I'll be more wiring diagrams, or is that it's like po- Hans? It's everything, but it's it's aimed at professional mechanics. So the way auto data now you have on a CD, and you can look up everything, like all your torque specs mm-hmm. and how you new, know, like how tos basically before. The days of computers, it was all in books. 
Yeah. It's some some setup that would have been an expensive book on us day. So yeah, it was awesome and a really nice surprise. So thank you, Richie. And then the rest of the afternoon was spent with Connor getting increasingly frustrated because he was trying to put all the little pieces and the little spring clips and stuff back into the gearbox. And every time he got two or three in and put another one in, the other two would fall out. That's uh, there was a gearbox. <laughs> and it was quite humorous. There was a gearbox only thrown in the bin at one point. For those of us who were not actually doing the work. Um, I so well. What I've been doing so far with that gearbox is any like little casting marks and like the casting flange marks and things like that on the gearbox. I've been sanding them off because well, I'm going to paint it, and I hate well, sort of like when you're there, you may as well. Um, so Leah told me not to go overboard on it, so I didn't. And he has. No, I haven't. It's not as bad as my last one. <laughs> I lost my own gearbox for the VR6. I spent four weeks on. Um, I didn't actually cut anything off. Lee's <clears> one. This was good. So got it all cleaned up and all the wee burr marks and shit off it. And it was time to do this TDI fifth gear. And it's sort of been putting it off because I do not touch gearboxes internally anyway. And ordered a set of pullers out of screw fix. And the the pullers you're supposed to use, there's like a Volkswagen specified ones, have like flat ends on them to hook in behind. And they're 250 quid. And I thought... That's a big no. No, thanks for that. Uh, the other thing I'd read about online was... When you're pulling them off, you can like you, know, uh, you can chip the teeth on the gears, and then it obviously renders it useless. Yep. So I was kind of worried about doing that, and it turned out I went up. I built myself up for about three hours on the Thursday night before I actually went out and did it. And when I did it, it was easy. I was like, "This was so simple." So I just had to like grind down the edge of the my new pullers to get them in behind. Just and adapt and overcome. Pretty much, yeah. I had a hot air gun because I didn't want to heat it too much because there's like a wee like a plastic cage burn. Heated up to about 100 degrees and just popped it straight off. And then, what did I do? Yeah, so when I yesterday, removed the fifth gear from Lee's petrol gearbox and then was reinstalling this. And to cut a long story short and make it kind of simple, when you put the fifth gear on, there's like a retaining ring that goes out over the synchro mesh. And there's three little like hooks or like tabs in the center of it that it goes out over so to remove those there's like a procedure where you like push it in push the ring back push all three tabs in towards the center and then pull the ring back out over them and when you're when you do that they all this, just this really should be a video it should be uh, a yeah. format of podcast you see connor's the hands, hands are going, going furiously here <laughs> but it's like talladega nights i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> <laughs> so when you pull the, the when you pull the retainer ring off they kind of just fall out. She can't actually see how they were fitted, but it's fairly, well, what I thought was fairly obvious. So when I come back then to fitting them, I had them in, put it together, I went, mm, that's okay. Done a test select, so selected fifth, fine. Come back out of fifth, and literally the retaining ring flew out over my shoulder, and the three yokes went all directions, <laughs> and I went, fuck, right. So it's like, what did I do wrong? I How long was I at that? About an hour? At least. Trying to work it out. And there's nothing as bad as you trying to work something out and there's people staring over your shoulder. Mm. And We weren't uh, staring. We were chatting amongst ourselves. I was well aware that you were sort of <coughs> trying to do that. Yeah. Yes. Because um, we were like, he's just going to get so mad. You want to punch Let's something here? Let's pretend we're not watching. So, and Brian wouldn't wind you up at all. No, no. Yeah. Well, do you know how bad it was? He didn't wind me up. Ah, yeah, and he said afterwards, "Are we not in your forehead, just getting bigger and bigger?" By the, I was just very silent, as Lee will tell you. When I get mad, if I'm shouting about something, it's fine. When I go quiet, when I go quiet, it's (laughs) shit's about to get thrown. Um, 
Well, but literally what it came down to was just like a little wire clip and on the, the wee fingers, the three wee fingers, there's like a wee indent. And I thought it went on top of it, but it had to go behind it. And once I figured out what it was, I was like, okay. So, and I was trying to do it. And then Lee had the suggestion. We had it on the gearbox stand. Lee suggested like throwing it back up onto itself to point upwards. So mm-hmm. gravity wasn't fighting. And once we had that, it went straight mm-hmm. in. It was no problem. The first time when I fitted it like that and selected fifth and come back out, it worked perfectly. Yeah. I was like, sort of happy days. Also, the amount of people who have messaged me after putting pictures up of working on Lee's gearbox to say, I never thought of mounting it on an engine stand. I always wrestle with it on the floor. And I was like, but it bolts to the engine, which yeah. also bolts to the stand. And I, I've done this for years, so I thought it was pretty obvious. <laughs> so, sure in the knowledge. But yes, I was very frustrated yesterday. It was. But we but, got there in the end. Do you know what it was? Do you remember in the early days when we used to record? I don't know if you ever got like this, but you were recording for an hour, an hour and a half. And then afterwards, you just felt like totally drained. Mm-hmm. You come off like almost like an adrenaline high kind yeah. of thing. It felt like that. We came in, sat down, and I just went, oh my God, I'm going to fall asleep. And it must have been taking more out of me than I thought it was Mental mentally. Yeah. yeah. So that was good. I was actually going to sh- ring Tony, Black Magic Metalworks Tony, because um, he's done a lot of gearbox stuff. And I was like, you know, you're refusing to, because Tony and I have a hate hate relationship where we just abuse each other 24 7. So we couldn't give in and actually show signs of weakness. So fuck you, Tony. I got it sorted. <laughs> <laughs> great, great friendship there. Yep. Uh, Lee said she'd seen a Mark II as well. Mm-hmm. I actually seen a Mark III on Friday in Bambridge. To- I, sent, I sent you a video with the Mark III at Collinswater. Yes, well, this was a jazz blue... Uh, jazz blue concept? Colour concept, totally standard, not even lowered on the original Solitude wheels. Uh-huh. I, I was driving the guys to breakfast and... We're driving up the road and I was like, oh my God, look at that, look at that. And I was like, sort of looking back, trying not to crash the Bora. And the guy's like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? And I was like, the Mark III there? And one of the guys goes, oh, for fuck's sake, I thought you were looking at a woman. I was like, no, there's a Mark <laughs> III color concept here. Different lives you lead. <laughs> Different lives. I, thought, I was disappointed. I thought the guys would have known what I was looking at, like, to be yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, it was funny to see something like that, especially a Mark III, yeah. which was the, the, the stepchild. Mm-hmm. It wasn't loved very often, but no, it, I was just sitting parked on the side of the street, obviously getting used by somebody as a usable classic, I imagine. Very good. Um, What else have I been up to? No, that's pretty much it. I have a few callbacks to previous episodes. Have you guys got anything for that? Not that I can think of. Um, First one I have is, well, a bit of a shout out to one of the listeners on Instagram. Uh, me dot hall underscore b sent us photos did you see them nigel you might not have lee sent them in um off his mark ii at his wedding it was pretty no. cool oh no. yes you showed me them last night yeah so the problem is somebody opens it i don't see the notification ah that's what it is yeah no we'd sent them through um just said it basically the mark ii got a run out and was nice to see okay. when used as a wedding car as opposed to your generic wedding car type stuff um another one then was sean maynard who we had on did you see the debacle oh, he had jeepers, yeah. oh poor sean oh uh, so i messaged sean when he so sean for anyone who's listened to previous episodes used to work for volkswagen and or volkswagen sorry gethin yeah. and um was moving across country up to colorado had hired a big moving truck was we actually interviewed him in the early days we did we? yeah and great interview sean's a great guy and had his car which is a mark 7 all track on air um and a lot of bespoke bits from working rare in volkswagen rare bump i think it's like uh, the whole front end is like a mixture of like european gte stuff and all just a really nice car um 
got up that morning from his hotel, went out, and they had pushed the car off the trailer, stolen it, and stolen the lorry with all the stuff. So they've got the car back, um, still haven't got his stuff back. So, well, Nigel, you're into your bikes, you know, loads of Cannondale bikes. Book. Um, stuff that he has built up over the years, you know, from working in Volkswagen that you can't That's replace. A, absolutely it's, devastating. But I said it was like, when you actually <clears> think about it, his entire life was in that van yeah. Yeah. and the car, and it's gone. You're like, what the fuck do you do? It just, I don't know what you would do. And where was, where was he when they took it? I'm not sure, but I did see, I can't remember who it was commented on Instagram because they found the car, and what they done was everyone started to share it, and then some kid who works in construction spotted it down like an entryway, and he messaged Sean, and Sean come with a spare key and left the car, and there was a bit of damage on it. But someone said it was like they literally stole from people whose entire life is spotting cars on the internet. Ah, you know, so could have yeah. picked a worse. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get the rest of his stuff back, but at least he has something back, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So shout out to Sean for that. It was. I love to hear when people. Not getting stolen, but I love to hear too hot to handle sort of stories. Yes, oh, 100%. Within yeah. a day, they're found because the car community comes together. And that's that's the beauty of the internet for that sort of thing yeah. is you can just, because obviously, like, I shared it. It's one of those things that you see the memes of, like, you know, your granny sharing a lost cat in Tennessee, you know, yeah. she lives in Lisbon, but, like, I have a lot of Americans on it, so I felt the need to share it. And then even the likes like Tanner Faust and stuff, so those the reach those people have is absolutely yeah. class. So yeah, hopefully he gets the rest of the stuff back, but or they can trace to who it was from obviously evidence in the mm-hmm. car. But that was a pretty shit one for him. Uh, and then lastly, I discovered. So I worked out who sent this to Max Verstappen because um you did yeah uh, Inspector Extraordinaire Singapore. We were Trenton in Singapore. We talked about mm-hmm. it in the last one. Yes, we got a message this morning. Um, so it was an Instagram username is M55RVY. Did you see this, Nigel? So we actually have a listener in Singapore. We do indeed. This is fantastic news. He says, hi guys, just listened to episode 75 and I heard your comment about Trenton in Singapore. I've been living in Singapore for the past 10 years and recently I've been working my way all through all the previous episodes. No way. Not sure how influential, <laughs> not sure how influential I am though. Uh, I keep a small collection of cars uh, for special occasions when I'm back home in Northern Ireland. Uh, keep up the great work, and as I really enjoy listening, thumbs up. Absolutely oh, brilliant. So, uh, his name's Marvin. That's cool. Shout so, out to Marvin. Our man in Singapore. Yeah. Indeed. So, <laughs> tell us about the car culture. Car culture? He doesn't need to tell you about the car culture. Tell you about what he has here. So, on his Instagram, he has listed, and he has pictures of, uh, an Impreza P1. Man's got taste. Okay. A white Escort Cosworth. Nice. A grey Nova GSI. Oh, that's the, there. You stop there. And the BMW nerds are going to slap me, but it's an E36 M3 Evo in that like dark purple color. I think yeah, it's an individual. Violet. Yeah, it's actually Jason who sold your cars. Jason's old car. Oh, okay. so it's super clean. This man is a connoisseur of. This man is. I think I, I done a bit of creep on his Instagram, and he had actually commented basically saying he was buying up. Cars that he always wanted when he was younger, Brilliant. and that's abs- like nostalgia that's at the his dream. best, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so fair play to him, and thanks for messing us. It was yeah. cool, yeah. So, yes, we have we're discovering everything, buzzing. So, yeah, that's me out of, out of what's new with us. So, we move on to the news news then. News news, yeah. Well, whatever. I want to start. You start away because I have you're in control the best piece of automotive news this year. Is it about Hulkenberg? It absolutely is. <laughs> I, I was only shooting in the dark there. <laughs> of course it is. Nico Hulkenberg 
is back in F1 for 2023. And I'm, for one, I'm delighted. What's he doing? What do you mean? He's racing. (laughs) Lee doesn't care what he's doing. He's driving for Haas. So mix out. The Hulk's in. Well, you said about what did we get in Black Friday? I bought a mob. (laughs) That's lovely. (laughs) So exciting times. There's been a lot of goings on with the F1 this last while. There certainly has. So, have some F1 news. What have you got? Do you want to mix it all together? Yeah, actually, sure. I've actually two F1 news stories. Well, sure. Do you want to do yours? Do you want to expand on how good looking Hulk is or anything? Or I mean, is, what's, your, what's your dream date? Just goes without saying. You know, is it his wife's Mon- funeral? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Bit morbid, but you know, we'll go with it. I like it. Not for Lee. I actually showed. I was telling this to one of the guys in work, and. He said to me, he was like, how good looking is he? You know, and I showed him and he just looked and he went, why is he smoldering? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, fair enough. Feelings have been stern. They have, yeah. Lee wants him to, Lee's going to campaign for no helmets when they're racing. <laughs> uh, right, well, I'll kick on my F1 news. Uh, you know why China are really, really great at people's rights and civil oh, liberties and all? Same with Abu Dhabi. Basically, basically been locked down for three years, yep. more or less. And what do you see coming out of Foxconn, the Apple factory, is basically pitch battle riots every couple of days. Have you seen some of the footage? No? I have, yeah, I'm on Reddit. Yeah. Um, so, on that theme, China's return to F1 schedule will be cancelled next year due to their COVID policy. Um, hasn't been in China since 2019. It was due to return for the fourth race in 2023 on the 16th of April. But China's zero COVID policies led the F1 to conclude the race cannot go ahead. The key sticking point is that F1 staff would not be given exemptions for quarantine requirements in the event of suffering a COVID-19 infection. F1 feels that it cannot ask teams to go to the country for the race in Shanghai with a risk that staff could be detained for days if they caught coronavirus. I would say the background of F1 moving around globally is like clockwork. You know, mm-hmm. you, you couldn't risk yeah. something like that. And like, Obviously, we know all these manufacturers, like even the car manufacturers, are seeing China as a huge market. Yeah. So if F one aren't going there, well, considering that they're slap bang in the middle of the Middle East as well, and they're going there for the money, if they're not going to China, they're not doing it for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just following on from that, there exciting news towards the end of the year on, I think it's Disney Discovery. They're going to release it, and it's uh, a documentary made by the same guy that um, done Senna film. Funny, yes, so, uh, that as well. Uh, Lucky, it's called. It's uh, basically a documentary, an eight-part episode series mm-hmm. about the life of Bernie Ecclestone growing up, or not growing up, but the development of F1 through the years. I would say there'll be a few interesting things on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think they're talking about the 27th of December. Yes. Release date. So that'll be nice for over Christmas, sit mm-hmm. down, chill and watch. The series, just a sound bite, the series is mostly to touch on the history, betrayals, rivalry, politics, war, death, money, friendship, Business and drama during the years of Agglestone. Um, the episodes will be one hour long. Um, looking like 27th of December. Any getaway driving involved in the water? <laughs> if you go back a couple of episodes, there was a conspiracy theory, Nigel's Conspiracy Corner, mm-hmm. about the great... The great train robbery. train robbery, and Bernie was connected to some mm. sort of... Allegedly. 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 Yeah, allegedly. Definitely yeah, allegedly. I would want to add my £3 wealth to his wealth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, F1 has had quite a stir up this last while yeah. with Sebastian Loeb, or Sebastian Loeb, geez, I'm going way back in my WRC days. Yeah, that'd be class. Uh, <laughs> you Sebastian. wouldn't be able to control yourself, Loeb and Hulkenberg. I know. A fine man. Two mops, Connor. That's it. Need <laughs> <laughs> one for me to prefer with Sebastian Loeb. Uh, Vettel is gone. Yes. 
Mick is gone. Danny Rick is gone. Danny Rick is gone. Well, and now he's back. And he's back. Oh. Sort of. Uh, do you think Chica will be there? Well, see, that's that's the big debate. Because this whether... just came out in social media today. Red Bull t- tins. And oh. it's Danny and... Danny and Max and together Max. on... I wonder if that real. I don't know. Interesting. Because that's the kind of theory is he's there to make uh, Perez toe the line. Essentially, mm. after... Yeah, after what happened. Well, we didn't even talk about that. Was Max? Well, d- I'm sorry, but Perez has done nothing but down the line. Yeah, I don't know why they're worried about him. Yeah, Max. Had, we I don't think luck, Max could have won that. Daniel the toe the line. Yeah. So, well, that was the problem before. That was why he left. The other thing is, I think Daniel Ricardo is really there for, as a PR exercise. Everyone loves him. Yeah, they roll him out for displays and all that. Carry on, like they'll want. Basically, what's going to happen is you go to Coda and he comes in on the horse again, and he's going to have Red Bull all over him. So it's pure advertising. Did you listen to your mom's house with Daniel Ricardo with Stefan telling you that? No, no, I haven't seen Stefan all week. I don't think. So your mom's house is Tom Segura and Chris Christine and Pietschetsky. Yes, two comedians, American comedians, big comedians in America, and. uh, I think when the Texas Grand Prix was on, mm-hmm. they had Daniel on mm-hmm. for an uh, interview. And it was funny because he was trying to toe the line. He uh, loves listening to them. Yes. He's trying to toe the line as, you know, Mr. F1 and all the rest of it. But he just kept burst out laughing because the two of them, they're, they're pretty they're vulgar, wild. Like, you know, it was funny. He was on Dax Shepard's podcast, uh, Armchair Expert. Listen to that. He's been on twice now. Him and Dax are very good friends and they would ride motocross and stuff together. And it's a great listen. And obviously, Dax would be more straight-laced than Tom Segura would be. Yeah. And he, he's not having to watch what he's saying on it kind of thing. But good. it was good. They were talking about, like, you know, up, like, riding dirt bikes up in sand dunes and things like that. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But obviously a guy who just enjoys loving, living life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what else is going on in F1 then? Final race of the year happened. A bit of a snooze. Well, it was all right. It was okay. But the fact that the championship was already decided, like, weeks ago was a bit, like... Well, right. there's not really much. Yeah, it was a big run up for second. Really, was yeah. the thing. I see Toto Wolf coming out and making a statement this week that next year we're going to have a brilliant car, more or less. He said. Yeah, Ferrari said the same last year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. um, but oh, it, but it, it, it was for a couple of races, like aye, you know? and then reliabilities. <laughs> uh, Bonato's gone as well. Hmm? Bonato, oh, he's gone from Ferrari. Uh-huh. The, so he's been there a lifetime. Mm. Yeah. He was an engineer for years and then team principal. So the latter, yeah. yeah. Obviously got the chippity job. Yeah. Because they're not doing too well. <laughs> no. I think Mark will do well. Mark, the last few races... Have come back have strong. Got it. Yeah. They've, you know, at the start of the year, they were nowhere, and they've got it now. I would like to see it more than a two-horse race. I'd yeah. like to see Mark, Ferrari, Red Bull... And Haas. The Haas are not going to be up there. And I have to support Haas now. I, I love Haas. But, so do I. Yeah. But I still can't understand why some Middle Eastern country hasn't bought a team yet good point actually they buy yeah. football teams they don't buy f1 teams yeah why is that i wonder is f1 essentially bleeding you dry where mm. football teams well going to the guy i work with the the glaciers bought united and didn't pump really much money into them and just asked oh, no, strip. They, they bought it on a loan and stripped 400 million a year yeah. off the club. i think the way he described me was it didn't cost them anything yeah. and they're just pulling all out of it yeah you couldn't really do that with an F1 team. Or I think the Glazers bought United for just under half a billion and they looked to sell, sell it for four or five billion. Yeah. That'll so it's up for sale soon, isn't it? That's a pretty good uh, move. So probably a better investment than F1. Yeah, we're talking about football. What's going on? I know what's wrong yeah. with me. <laughs> Turn around. Turn this car around right now. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> uh, a cul-de-sac. Well, I, I'll go with one then. Um, 
listeners, Waterford Park and Chill. They're doing a toy drive this year. So oh, great lad. to see. Uh, they're taking donations all over the country, essentially. So they have on their Instagram, you can go on. It's Park and Chill Waterford. And the, the different areas set up and you can go on and see where you can drop the stuff off. So they're doing that right up to the 10th of December. So if you can give it's a bad time of year for everybody it's a it's a bad year for everyone but mm-hmm. there's obviously people less fortunate than ourselves at all times so if you can give please do yeah um my first piece of news is it's a humorous headline and you know me for a bit of clickbait so oh uh, gee, yeah lisa clickbait queen <laughs> man with no arms drifts bmw at 144 miles per hour sets guinness world record and that pretty much sums up the article that's it. <laughs> Special. <laughs> so this fella um, lost both his arms um, between the shoulder and elbow in a motorbike accident. Mm-hmm. But he never gave up on his dream to become a professional drifter. And he you has now... want to be a juggler? <laughs> <laughs> Too much? <laughs> Too soon gone. Too soon. We've lost Lee. Lee's gone. Don't talk about the weather while Lee composes yourself. Do you want me to move on? You can come back to that one. (laughs) There's nothing else to say. It was in Poland and it was a BMW. There you go. (laughs) So for anyone that couldn't hear that, it was a BMW in Poland. There's a joke in there somewhere, isn't there? Yes, there is. We'll not go with that. It reminds me of that uh, Australian phone-in radio thing Mm -hmm. and the nicknames. Oh, yes. I. There's a boy in our work uh, called Sniper's Nightmare. He had a limp. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a good nickname. Yeah. Uh, I'll move on then, Lee. You can compose yourself. Um, another one then is a few show announcements. So people's getting in early with them. Euro Tripper 10 is on in 4th of February this year. Well, sorry, next year. Uh, JetBlue Park in Florida, Fort Myers. So... For anyone in the area hasn't been, I'm sure you have because it's a huge show. It's absolutely fantastic. Lee and I were there last year. We would have been there this coming year, only I have no money. Um, Are you getting away once next year? Do you think? Yeah, we're doing, we're sort of trying to plan where we're going. Yeah, um, we'll do Helen definitely. We'll probably do another one of see what we can do. Um, but yeah, shout out to Paul Barney, congratulations, 10 years on the show. Yep. It's great to see. Kudos. Um, and then closer to home. Is in England, we have Early Edition have announced, so 7th of May. Um, they've actually opened it now to Mercedes, BMW, and BMW including Mini as well. So that's another show that has been going for a long, long time. Mm. Uh, I've actually never done Early Edition. I think it's a one it's day. It's to do with Normal Edition, because by all accounts, Edition last year was a disaster. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what they're going to... Maybe that's why they're opening it up to Mercedes, BMW too. Um, yeah, so show announcements. Actually, I keep meaning to do a bit of a template and have it as a pinned post on our Instagram with shows mm. yeah. that are ready to do. So we'll probably do something like that and update it every week or so. If anybody wants to fire in suggestions, they can. Sounds like a plan. That's it. I'm yeah, all done with You all done? Lee, what have you got? I'll try not to kill you this time. Oh, by the way, how did the guy how did the guy drift? Was he using his feet? I don't know. Okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Stellar research done this podcast. I like that. Tune in every week or every fortnight. Sorry. Oh, we've lost Lee again. I'm trying to work out how he did steer. I'll come back to him later. Is bits of strings attached? Or? I don't know. Lee can't tell me here because he's dying. Don't mean to move we're, on. We're not getting any government grant sponsorship anytime soon. Sure uh, we're never getting no, that stuff. No. Like, well, I'm not PC enough. Just when we're on on the topic here. 
Uh, electric car drivers will have to pay vehicle excise duty from 2025. So slab it up, yes. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> they announced that? Yep. How's the budget? Is that in... Also announced a 12p a litre rise at the end of March. Of course. And what was there? Something else. Oh, and the news that basically electric cars are dear as diesel now to run, charging because of the price of electric. So... Your vehicle excise duty, that's your road tax. What tax? tax yeah. Road tax, yeah. Has it given how they're going to do it or what? Because obviously your petrol's in bands. They have a £5 billion pound hole to fill. in road tax collection because by 2025, from memory now, just from what I remember this week, the announcement, there's a £5 billion pound hole in tax revenue because half the cars by 2025 will be electric. Who would have thought that would happen, you know, pushing everyone mm. towards that? So, yeah. Do you know what else is a hole? The fucking roads. Because we had a pothole coming up here I thought were dead. And you were saying the roads mm-hmm. in Scotland were the same. Oh, that coast road in Scotland. Nightmare. Awful. Um, Yeah, so they reckon Treasury forecast show charges will raise uh, not inconsiderable $3 billion between 2025 and 2028 by adding it's 160 a year. Must be just a flat rate of electric in a few years. One hundred and sixty. To be honest with you, that's not even that bad. The borough is like three seventy a year or something. That'll just put the value of pre-date yeah, electric cars up. Yeah, because they obviously can't. The will like use Tesla's, the American think grandfathered in pre two thousand and fourteen when they sold Teslas initially. They could free charge at all the stations. Mm-hmm. And post-2014, you had to pay for it? Yeah. So it's the value of pre-2014 Teslas? Or through the, roof. through the roof. It's 2017 is the cutoff. So electric cars, vans and motorbikes registered after April 2017 will pay oh, 160 a year from the 1st so of April the cr- 25. the crap electric cars. <laughs> low, uh, zero and low emission cars, so probably your kind of hybrids and stuff, registered before 2017 will only have to pay £20 a year. That's not too bad. It'll go up. It will. I know it does. But by the time we come to that, in 2025, those cars are going to be 8 to 10 years old. And don't really exist anymore. Batteries are going to be dead. And, you know, they'll essentially be paperweights. Yeah. £20 a year tax, but it doesn't actually work, so. (laughs) (laughs) £20 well spent. Yeah. That was the same. Do you remember, like, the wee one, like, back in the early 2000s, you had, like, the 1.5 diesel Clios and Polos, the the 1.4 turbo diesel Polos. There was, like, a six-month period where those cars were built. Uh, where the tax for them was like £15 a year and then it sort of jumped again and those were the ones to have, you know. Sure, it's like Mark V R 32s late 07, early 08 have the big tax whereas the pre-07 have the normal tax. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Ah. It's like post, I think it's the middle of 07 or something. It basically jumps, it jumps. to like four or £500 for the year. Do, do you remember back in the days, you probably do, years ago, they had the tax was up to 1500 cc and then anything over 1500 cc oh, and it was just two yeah. prices and then like in the early 2000s it went to emissions, emissions and it just changes all the time whatever way they can milk more money out of you yeah. kind of thing one bone of contention i have with tax is it's dear for six months it's theft why yeah oh we talked about this last week why? actually yeah why is it dear for six months to get you to pay the year i don't it like it's not like sense. a fiver dear it's 20 30 40 quid dear yeah it doesn't make any sense it's an automated system Right, there's no difference to to write, do that. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. Um, what have I got then? Actual news. So 
we talked before that BMW were introducing their heated seat subscription service. Remember mm-hmm. this? Um, Mercedes are doing something similar now. So they're introducing this is America only, and they've actually stated after the outrage online about it that they're not doing it in the UK. That on some of their electric vehicles, they're going to uh, have an acceleration subscription. So <laughs> yes, I did read this for twelve hundred dollars, which is about just under a grand plus tax. Mercedes, well, in the example they gave was an EQ thirty five hundred or three fifty. Um, it brings the not to sixty time down from six point two seconds to five point two. So it's essentially a factory remap mm-hmm. that they're selling you, but it's a subscription. Why does a remap yeah. need a subscription? You know, like you don't go to AutoTune and throw a map onto your Mark V and then have to come back in a year's time and get the same map put back on. Yeah. yeah. And even factory... It's just a milk concession. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure manufacturers have offered factory remaps for years. That sort of reminds me of, not even subscription, but the Amarok. Ah, the Volkswagen Jeep. It has the same engine in the the Jeep, different power. I know it is a software. Yeah, because I, I remember talking to Gavin Black about that, and that's what they were saying was... A lot of the cars now are using the same engine, exactly the same, and just restricted through software. Yeah. Yeah. So if you map one on the other, they come up to the same level. Yeah. You know? Well, thinking of it, like, you know, why develop two engines when you can develop one? Well, true, yeah. And then you can milk people for either option. (coughs) Exactly. The the other thing was as well, once someone breaks this shit and can start to do it, you know, you can... Well, people are doing 80. We joke about 80 pound remaps in the back car park, you know, for diesels. There's just, you're going to have the same oh. thing for EVs, except you're not going to have to do not, you know, subscriptions every time. Fire, sticking it in the way you go. Yeah. But it's just, it's a good thing if they can offer you a remap over the air, you know, like a push notification. That, that's great. I don't see, other than pure greed, why it's a subscription service. Mm-hmm. You know, and that probably means too that, say, you own the car, Nigel, and you sell it to Lee it gets lost. You own the subscription, you know, so then Lee has to go and buy it as well. Then just more way to get money out of you, but I just thought it was a bit stupid. So the few of the motor impress in the UK had pushed Mercedes to see what's this going to be offered here and they said, no, it's not coming in. So yet. Yet. Mm. <laughs> wouldn't rip like rip them, off Britain will strike once again. Wouldn't like them to tell lies. So I can come back to the BMW story now. Oh, nice. The man's name is Bartos Ostalowski. Of course. He's a Polish racing driver. Um, Was he taking a break from The Simpsons? Must have been. His car uses a 8-speed ZF automatic gearbox that he shifts with paddles mounted near his right shoulder. Um, he operates the accelerator and the handbrake, or e-brake in this case, with his right... So, accelerator with his heel, e-brake with his toes. He also uses his right foot for the normal brakes and his left foot does the steering that's mad what a guy all joking aside it's amazing like what the human body can overcome you know in situations like that apparently he's been on the grand tour i don't watch it so i didn't know but uh i think they've showed him on it on there and he's a guinness world record for it no he's a world record for that's class i guess drifting with no arms that's Can't like, imagine there's too many other people competing for that record. But Def Leppard's drummer, mate. Well, maybe. Remember, he lost his arms in yeah. the car accident and then come back 
my formative years and yeah. the deaf leopard yeah. no it's absolutely class to see stuff like that say yeah. we all joke about it but when it comes down to it imagine like the dedication and discipline it takes to do that to learn all those things if he's been a, if he's been a race car driver before every reaction he has is to use his hands yeah. you know how do you overcome that that's class um the last bit of news I have here then is this one actually was sent in by Paul Glennon and it's about Circle K's fuel in the south. So they actually, we, we've talked before about synthetic fuels and you were saying, Nigel, you reckon that would be nice of the future of that and still be able to keep internal combustion engines. So Circle K's delivery fleet will now be running in a fuel called HVO100. Have you heard about this? Nope. So some people might have had because it's not a new thing, but it's a new thing here. So it's a uh, hydro-treated vegetable oil. Hydro-treated vegetable oil made of uh, vegetable and animal matter. So there's no fossil fuel at all in it. And I started, when he sent me this last Vegans night... Vegans are shit out of luck, though. Oh, they are. Yeah, they can't drive. <laughs> um, when he sent me this last night, I started thinking, I was like, is this just biodiesel? Do you remember years ago yeah. we used to get biodiesel? And I went on a bit of a deep dive about it. Um, and I, there was a few comparisons to it, so... Basically, biodiesel, when it comes down to it, is a difficult, is a different chemical composition to diesel. So it, they can't, uh, you can't run straight engines on it straight. In fact, with biodiesel, you can only add up to seven percent of the biodiesel to actual diesel. So there's not much saving in it. It also draws in water, a bit like ethanol does. Um, it makes it hard to store, and it's much harder for cold starts. Where that's HVO one hundred is almost the same chemical composition as diesel requires no modifications to your engine to run it so mm. it can run on 100 it or do a blend if you wanted stores the same way as diesel and has the same cold start capabilities mm. so this is said tying in what you had said nigel but synthetic fuels you know and they're looking so obviously the companies are looking towards yeah. doing other things this isn't anything new for circle k as i say because all their fleets in norway sweden denmark they all already run it and like those are cold countries at times you yeah if it can run there, it's going to run here. Um, so what I was saying to Paul was, Paul works obviously in like the commercial side of things and mechanicing. It'll be interesting to see in a few years' time what effects it has, if any, on engines coming into them. You know, is it harder on them or anything like yeah, that? Time will tell. Yeah, so there's no word of them selling it to customers yet. Um, it's running their own fleets on it, but I think that's a supply issue. But be interesting to watch and see what it does, or does it come up into the north as well? Yeah. Um, as I say, it's, it's supposed to be saving, like they reckon it saves 90% of um, certain emissions. Yeah, I don't really care about the emissions side of it, but if it allows us to continue what we're doing, I'm more than happy. You know, that's, that's yeah. what I care about. It's pretty cool. Have you another one, Lee? I have a few, but, you know, tell me when to stop. Yeah. So this one I just found absolutely hilarious. In recent times, many car manufacturers have been revamping their brand's images with sleek, minimalistic redesigns, one of the most notable branding trends. So you've got Volkswagen have changed their logo to this kind of slimmer one. There was a whole thing about the R for the Golf R logo that yeah. looked shit. Um, Kia have done theirs. So they used to have the word Kia in, a, in an oval. Yeah. Um, now they've gone to the kind of slanted, just letters. Uh-huh. I think it's a big improvement. Um, however, seems people are struggling to read it as Kia. I seen Soul of the Road showing this, yeah. Um, search data shows the term KN car 
saw a huge increase in popularity <laughs> around March 2021 when the new Kia logo came out and has had 30,000 Googles per month in the US for the term KN car. Because it looks like KN yeah. instead of Kia. And when I read the article... The air filter company's making cars now. <laughs> yeah, good point, actually, yeah. Yeah, because I... Um, yeah, it'll be a big uptake for KN, yeah. very good. Because when I had seen that then, when I looked at the logo, I was like... What they should do yeah. is then target their marketing... When somebody searches for KNN, that puts it at the top of puts the Google up, list. Yeah. Well, they That's reckon Kia might know that it's the because when you Google it now, KN Car it does give Kia as the top result. Yeah. But ah. <laughs> it was just like that's mm-hmm. too funny. It went it went a bit pear shaped for them. Yes. Yeah, a lot of them. Did Audi recently change their badge as well? Didn't they? Yeah, I think I'm nearly sure they did. Um, a similar thing of Volkswagen. It's still. The same logo, essentially, in a, a different font. But I'm pretty sure they changed it. Nigel's going to fact-check me here, hopefully. Yeah, thin the circles down. Yeah, same thing that Volkswagen done. Made it a bit lighter. Made it thin yeah. myself down. Um, the last one I have, actually, then I didn't realize I had this tagged on the end here, was our man of the docks, Matty D. Yes. Had yeah. sent us the Great ID updates. buzz. So they've landed in our shores. I put a bit of a poll up just to see what people thought of them. Um, I thought people would have really hated them. Mm. It was 60% yeah. I'm not sold on the front bumper grill thing going on. It's a shout back. Call back. The, it's the wee hexagon type things. is very Mark 8 for me. I like it in the dark colors where it kind of disguises that. A bit. Yeah, but I do like it overall. Yeah, I think they're cute. I saw an ID5 yesterday. It's horrible. I seen one of those that look like a fish. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not fussed on any of the IDs, but I don't mind that buzz. There's a bit of novelty to it. It's very cutesy. Yeah, like split screen camper yeah. van kind of thing. I think once I get a few get modified, you change your mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Once you start modifying stuff, it's cool. Although Maddie did say the non-commercial one has a white interior. That's a good move. That's you like, yeah. like Fabio VRSs with a white interior oh, years ago. Didn't yeah. The, some was it the ID threes or something? Came with the white, white steering, steering wheel. wheel? That's a good idea. Imagine me working on your gearbox and getting into that. (laughs) And then, but he did say the commercial ones, like the vans, have a black interior. So you'll probably find a lot of the the Camry guys starting to swap when they become, if they become more readily available. They started high 50s then. High 50s? Everything's dear now. I keep forgetting that. Price of car means nothing. It's your monthlies. Yeah, that's, and that's why they've done it. Yeah. yeah. We'll not go down that rabbit hole. Speaking of expensive cars, uh, even exotic supercars are occasionally subject to recalls. Uh, Lamborghini have just issued a recall for every 2022 Countach LPI 800-4. This is the one that's just out. Delivered in the US so far. The recall affects nine cars. (laughs) Nine cars? Nine cars. Are you alright, Nigel? I think I'm alright. Being recalled because the rear glass panels may detach from the car. Ah, that Eject- happened. Ejectocito, cause that happened to Tesla. Do you remember a few years back? One of the glass roofs actually like, like the- debonded on some like. Well, this surely is- there isn't build quality issues with Tesla's, Connor. No, no. Okay, obviously not with Lamborghini either. No. <laughs> Lambo said that the it was to do with the supplier bond bad batch or something, whatever it mm-hmm. was. It only affects, I think, uh, a dealership. A dealership in Qatar had noted a problem, um, and the US, but they haven't noted any issues in any other markets dealers will, will inspect and if necessary replace the glass free of charge uh, Lamborghini plans to begin sending letters to owners notifying of the recall by the 13th of January but why not just do it now I'm imagining 
somebody from Lamborghini getting marched into VAG headquarters and shot. Yep. Thing out of the, the back. In front of the board of directors. For old time's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Last one then. Just kind of a quick one to mention because there's nothing, there's no details or anything about it yet. But there is heavily rumoured in Hollywood that they're making a new Bullet movie. Ooh. So Spielberg is toted to be doing this uh, with Bradley Cooper as the that could be interesting main star do you mind they did the Need for Speed video, or film I really liked it I thought it was well done I just can't uh, your boy Aaron Paul I just is that because like you him. watched him in Breaking Bad I think he's an over eggy because I've never seen him in anything else anyway so I've never had any opinion of him yeah. so yeah we'll uh, keep an eye out for that but it inspired me last night. I watched the car chase from from the original Bullet. Yeah. It's really good. I could hear her on the laptop and I was like, what are you watching? She's like, a Bullet? And I was like, all right, fair enough. Mm. <laughs> I think it's because they're like, he's like creeping around the city following your man in the Charter and the Charter's so cool. Yeah. So there's like kind of music playing as he's creeping around. Kind of 70s porn type music, <laughs> to be honest. It really is, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> but then once they get into the chase, the, all the music goes away. It's and it's just the sound of the cars and like the tires squealing and yeah. stuff. Which is actually quite a thing, you know, because obviously now with movies, everything is all the music soundtrack over mm. it. You wouldn't get that. If someone went to make that now, as if it didn't exist, they never would have done that. No. There's two things that irritate me in car movies, if you know, if they're not made correctly. One is a car driving away and it looks like a Corolla and sounds like a V8. Yeah. Another is wheel spins off gravel and all you hear is the tire squealing. Oh, yeah. We yeah. we talked about that actually because in Bullet that sounds proper, you know, mm. and that's it's the pro- it's the V eights. Now there's a f- there are a few continuity things in it when you watch, like when they come down off the hills, car near wrecked, and they kind of get damaged and stuff. Or one of them bumps into another car as it's rounding a corner, and then the next scene it's fine. fine. Um, and then I were, love looking for those though. <laughs> the thing was they were trying to make it dramatic you see like hubcaps flying off and things and whatever and they reckon on account the charger lost eight hubcaps throughout the chase <laughs> you must have been stopping to put them back on <laughs> but yeah it was good that just reminds me of a film i used to love when i was younger uh, burt reynolds cooper he's a stuntman you ever watch that film no look recently no no i haven't seen that he's a stuntman that is actually I, I, I haven't watched it in 20 or 30 years so i might watch it again when that was crap but it was younger i thought it was brilliant yeah i think it's cold cooper i was raised in a lot of films i got so that's the sort of shit i, mm. I really enjoy yeah. so uh you guys got any youtubes for us you any? i have a few yeah uh first uh, just there's a couple that came off my suggested feed and you know i always mention the usual crap of uh youtubers i follow but one is hampshire photo I haven't heard that uh, one. Young guy that's, uh, he does a lot of German sort of content on cars and tuning and stuff like that. Uh, the one that came up and suggested was a Mark V Golf GTI estate. You think to yourself, oh, somebody has done a conversion. Mm-hmm. No, they were available in the Japanese market. A Mark V GTI estate? Golf GTI estate. That's cool. And this one's uh, modified stage two to CHR alloys with big brakes. Let me down a rapid hole of his channel. He actually has a couple of good videos of Mark 7 Golf R builds, tuning it, mm-hmm. and an AM140i, which he takes a 740 brake. I seen him at Players last year going around. The boy can drive, and the car is fast. That's the M? The, the M150. Yeah. 
he has a lot of German content. It's, it's like big horsepower German stuff. Modify, going out and test driving the review and stuff like that there. English guy, is it? English guy, yeah. Very good. So check that out. The other thing that came up and suggested um, was a channel called Brightside Media. I think they do a lot of classic motorbike videos, but they do some car stuff. And one of them was Carl Cox, or famous DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, Three fans here. Yeah. So it was basically about his E30 Alpina Beef 6 3.5. And it was just him chatting about it and the details of the car. It's quite an interesting video. And it's actually a car that a German guy owned from New. But he bought it from Alpina as a 2.8 B6. And a week later, they brought out the 3.5. So he went to Alpina and went, why do you not tell me about the 3.5? So he negotiated for them to take it back in at a cost and redo it. at 20,000 Deutschmarks to convert it to 3.5. Jesus. So, After having been converted. Yeah. Unreal. So, uh, no, quite a, quite a cool wee video. Check it out. That's an uh, interesting story. Uh, first one I have, Lee and I watched yesterday, I think it was, maybe Friday. Um... Mike from Stanceworks, have you seen his latest video? Yeah. On the Ferrari with the wheels? I haven't seen, no, I haven't seen the wheels. So, um, he touted, oh, about a year ago that he was getting custom wheels made for it. Um, I think I seen it come up in the feed, but I didn't click on it. So, do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, so Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Um, he had said that he had, these wheels were getting made custom HRE or uh, well, he got the rotiforms done for SEMA, SEMA, but this is why. So he bought a set of Advans, Advan Onis. Uh, there were two piece wheel. He sent them off to get cut apart, made into a custom three piece wheel. The company who are doing it for him have taken a year to get to him, and they've sent him two wheels. So that's why he had to go to rotiform. Mm-hmm. Now, when he got them eventually, and he started to test fit them. It turned into a bit of a disaster because he couldn't actually make them work. They wouldn't clear the brakes. Um, the bolts were hitting, the backs of the bolts were hitting the calipers and things like that. He seemed to be firmly putting the blame on the company. Now, Mike is not an idiot. Mike has built some outstanding cars, basically built around sets of wheels. If he had a, taken the wheels and put them against the car, he would have seen where the flange was. I still say he should have known it was going to be tight. However, he did say that he sent the CAD files to the company that were doing it off the brakes, and they were adamant that they would make them fit. So there is that, you know, mm-hmm. they, have, they have told him, yeah, we can mm-hmm. do it. So essentially, he has a very expensive and nice-looking set of paperweights. Yep. So I think he's going to sell them, but there were the three-spoke Advans made into, like, they were went from 16 to 17-inch, and they're, like, 12 or 13 inches wide. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice set of wheels and really suit the car. So I think his plan now is go back to Rotiform and get a take on the Advan three-spoke only wheel made and take out parts of the design that he doesn't like and add in what he wants, not just do a replica of it mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that'll be an interesting uh, development for that car as well. Because cool. Mike is a, a wheel guy at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, and I don't know if I've ever talked to this channel, is Sarah N. Tuned. Um, does a lot of different stuff based in Arizona. This is an MR2, a Beetle, um, a Ford Ranger, a lot of JDM stuff kind of thing. Um, recently, I was watching, I really get sucked into it, was um, 
a total rebuild on an Hercule Beetle called Ragnar, which is getting raffled off for like a giveaway for like viewers kind of thing. So like top to bottom rebuild and that, which is cool. Ford Ranger, um, like in late 80s, early 90s Ranger in the most late 80s, early 90s color, like a metallic teal color with like a gray, no, sorry, blue and pink pinstripe down it. The sort of thing... 10 years ago would have got crushed and now mm. you look at it with nostalgia and go that's really cool mm. um done a lot of work on it put it in standalone and then swapped the wheels um for a nice little oem looking but also rare jdm wheels and then lastly nigel we talked before when we were in florida we bumped into a guy mark his instagram handle was tons of gas who's an absolutely insane car collection mm-hmm. he has now started youtube Yes, you want to watch this. I was going to send you the other night to watch, and I didn't because I knew you were partying. Um, as is, it'll get lost. This is going to be one to watch. Mm-hmm. So his initial video is his car collection of basically 80s and 90s cars, and it does a quick overview of what he has. The, the collection is just laughable, how good it is. Uh, his next video is a detailed video of about a 10-minute long video, yeah, so he has a bagged Lamborghini Diablo, uh, he's Countach, he has short wheelbase Quattro, which is actually a second uh, video that he has done. Um, what else he got, Lee? Old Alphas, he has Minis. Jettas and Golfs and Callaway Editions. Callaway and Turbo, Mark IIs, and he has a, he's a Mark everything. 1 Jetta with 4,000 mile. Yeah. Just a real eclectic mix of stuff, and... He's the most odd guy you could meet because he just he comes across so laid back and yeah, he's a nice fella. just chill. So check out tons of gas. Go on to his Instagram, you'll see what he has as well. But the YouTube videos are very, very cool. So that's that's me finished up with YouTube. I have a couple of videos this week. What? Yeah, I know, What's right? Is it getting too too common? Um they're not really like YouTube videos, they're like stupid reels and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh one first one, now I came across this on some I don't know, it's been on all the big motor one and all the big The big new website. channels. Um, and it's all the, the clickbaity titles of Watch Lewis Hamilton rag on an R34 Skyline, blah, blah, blah. I think Nigel shared that on our page, did you? Yeah, I was actually going to chat about that. It's uh, it's a cute little video, like, but it's not exactly very exciting. Yeah. It's like all the bits. He's driving around, okay, and then it's like the sped up footage of the taillights and stuff, fine. And the few bits of kind of drifting stuff that he does do are clearly in car parks and closed lots. It's not just, like, and I, I'm sure he couldn't be seen to be doing anything illegal what, what, or whatever. What but was the point of that? Don't I, know. I don't really know. But and then at one point there's smoke coming out through the, the, bomb, the gear stick. The Did you oh, see that's it? right, actually, yeah. yeah. The people are questioning, was that tar smoke or was that clutch smoke? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was actually pretty cool because, as you say, Lee, when you're an F1 driver and things like your brand and you are the brand and everything yeah. has to be squeaky clean kind of thing. I wonder, that is that a coincidence they launched the Lewis Hamilton Monster Edition drink at the same time? Potentially, mm. yeah. That could be that. Brand, yeah. I didn't even know there was one. Yeah, I think I've seen it launched this week. That what was the last big name done a one like that? Was it Valentino Rossi? Rossi. There you go. All the fanboys will be on that. Uh, the other one was, I came across this on Instagram yesterday, and it was a reel uh, showing about 30 cars from Disney Pixar cars, like real cars in real life. Mm-hmm. So the video like goes around this parking lot of them all sitting, 
and there's so many of them and they're all real and when I say it's not just like oh a Corvette that looks vaguely like Lightning McQueen with a couple of eyes on the windscreen it's like the bumpers they're are all, all done. totally done with the mouth and everything you know the way they are in the film and there's uh, like 30 of them and there's a plane and there's Mac the truck wasn't from the live action show no I don't know where that I can't find anything about them that's not in Spanish. It's somewhere in South America. It's like Guatemala they seem to be from and then they were touring around Costa Rica. Photos of them in Costa Rica and stuff. But I'm googling and I can't find anything about and I it's again it's one of these things I, I thought all the Jalopniks and the mo, you know motorcycles mm. would have on as a quirky news thing and I can't find them anywhere but they've been going for years because I went back through your man's Instagram and the he seems to have had started this collection in like 2016 or something. There's a lot of big money stuff there because yeah. even like the Sally is a 996 Porsche. Yeah. And then the Mack truck, you yeah. know. And just an obsession. You have the wee Miata twins, you know, right through the mass. Like yeah. how many would there be? You say about 30 I of them? I would say there's 30 of them. That's cool. So I'm going to try and find out more about them, but we'll share the reel on yeah, when show we it share off the podcast because so, they're really cool. That's us for YouTube's. It is indeed. I think so. So we'll just take a moment before we start the listener questions to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Detailing. Yes. Did you see the mark he had in this week? Rather special. Wasn't it class? That's awesome, yeah. So it was an old C240. Stefan wouldn't be impressed, it's too modern for him. (laughs) But for us, (laughs) normal people, not mark nerds, this thing's class. Yeah. And this is something we talk about with Studio 10, we've mentioned before, is that it's not just your new car prep, you know, no. or something that's a few years old. It's right back to stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. You actually had done Matt's Mark II when it broke coverage, remember, for Dubshed. That's right. Show car prep would be a big thing coming into the new year as well. Yeah. But it was class to see something like this, like a, like a well-kept classic. It was a turnaround in that car. It, was just, it looked like it was just fresh out of paint once he had done the job on it. That's it, yeah. For something that's, what, 30-year-old yeah. kind of thing. And it did have low mileage on it. It was 23,000 miles on it. But obviously it was wearing its years on its paint. Yeah. And Robin touches it and it just comes up like gold. He also has a Black Friday offer on. Uh, yeah. He did have, if you missed it, Foolish You. Foolish You indeed, yes. Yeah. So... That's the Foundation Pro course. So if you want to improve your skills for yourself and even once you get Robin to do the initial detail and work on it, you can maintain the good work that he has done. Yeah. You can get on to their online course called Foundation Pro. Lots of great wee hints and tips. And yes. And he does share things they got from the course now and then sort of leaks them out and they're absolutely great. I've used even right down to the likes of the the infamous one is soaking the tissue paper, the, the tissue paper on to remove number plate stickies. I used that on Lee's gearbox for in round like tight parts we couldn't get into to clean out and stuff. So not only is it an investment in your car using Studio 10 Detailing, but Foundation Pro course is an investment in yourself. Yep. So if you want to check them out, you can find them at Studio 10 Detailing on Facebook and Instagram or the website is studio10car.care. That's it. Tell them we sent you. Yes, do. So questions comments from the listeners have you got them there connor i do indeed let's see what we have kicking it off we've got gary heasley he says where did all the mark II abethas go i had a 99 abetha sport when i was 18 but i always wanted a bright yellow f2 white arch rally kitted abetha gti but before i could buy one they sort of disappeared literally never see them now i think you replied to him with this nasal didn't you yeah i remember late 90s early 2000s a lot of them went for ABF cars for Mark Twos. Yeah. 
uh, and then a lot of them were bought for Clubman rally cars. Because they were so good to that. A lot of them rotted. Yeah. They were basically a, another cheap form of getting a 2-litre yeah. 16 valve for yeah. a Mark II Golf. Great chassis with good power. Mm-hmm. And Seat have always done that with their cars. You know, look even at the the Leon Cupras and things they got. They were never they were never a fantastic looking car or to modify the way traditionally Volkswagens might have got for looks, but they got all the nice performance upgrades and that's why they always got broken yeah. and stolen for parts. Yeah. The, the Leon Cupras had the one eighty horsepower and the two two five uh twenty valve turbos and stuff, so they just yeah. all got pulled apart as well. I remember they had a Cupra Ibiza diesel, it was hundred and eighty brake. I think Colin Tweed had your ex had one of those, didn't he? Yeah, and Richie I think had Brian one. had one as yeah. well. Yeah, serious gold machine. Though. Yeah, Brian loved his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seat have always done really good stuff, and they've just unfortunately suffered from they were the cheaper end of the market, and it was a great parts car, and that's yeah. why they got pulled apart. And as you say, Nigel, rust. Yeah, comes as well. Yep, very typical for the stuff that we're interested in. Um, what else have we got? Oh, this is just a message in uh, again. Previous guest, Pete Matthews. Bumped into Pete there on Thursday night, fair in the square. Oh, very good. He was saying he was catching up with episodes. Yes, well, that's the actually a mess in to say, Hi guys, I spent two weeks, the la- uh, I spent two weeks last month attempting to paint my caddy. He is actually a professional painter, if you remember from the, the previous episodes. Good episode, give us a lesson. And as with most Mark 1s, they're never as solid as you think. So spent most of the time welding and doing filler work to the point that I didn't even want to look at it anymore. <laughs> Sounds familiar, yep. So just wanted to say thank you as I've been catching up on the podcast and it's given me the motivation to get it painted. So all being well, we'll see cover, uh, see colour over the Christmas break. Excellent. Side note, to anyone restoring Mark 1s, don't waste your time with cheap eBay wings. They never fit because they're Chinese shite. And he's correct. Yeah. But he also mentioned that the Heritage... The Heritage cheaper option. Is a good fit apart from the front one or something? Yes, in round where the headlight meets. He says it's a wee bit wrinkled, but you can work it. And I think a pair of those is 300 quid versus a pair of OEM, which are a 1,000. Yeah. So I'd happily rework that yeah. to save 700 quid. But he said otherwise, they're a really good fit. Good, good. So that's pretty cool. Pete is a, a way with cars. I actually need two wings for my Mark 1, so I actually might invest good in shout. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pete has a way with cars of just making things much cooler than they should be. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with that Mark 1 caddy. I haven't seen very many pictures of it. You know, I know he had it and he's doing bits, but it hasn't been much revealed of what he's planning to do, so I'll be watching that one. Ryan McElmail had messaged and he replied about the ID buzz that we had posted. He said, it's the perfect family car. If he wasn't 50 grand short, I'd be ordering one. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoying Ryan's build. Yes, that's uh, really on the old Audi 80 estate. Yeah. yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, Ryan, Ryan had an Audi 80 estate. Oh, 15 years ago back. Well, the running joke is about his car on my polo. Uh, so it's, that's how long ago it was in the end of the 2000s. And he had stockpiled loads of like S2 parts and stuff to upgrade it. Stuff that worth a fortune now. Yeah, stuff that was probably considered expensive then, but not like it is now. And he's yeah. sitting on an absolute fortune of parts and has just bought this car to build everything into, which is class. I'll also add that I would be 52 grand short because I would need two grand to try and do something with that front bumper. <laughs> <laughs> we have Michael K GTI, Michael King. He says, more news on the bills. Uh, oh, I, he is the B3, the white B3 estate. Oh, I thought it might have been a TDI. He says it's an 18-8 valve, which is what your old B3 was. Yeah, like. PB engine. Great, absolute great engine. Yeah. Uh, now I have power steering built in the gearbox. Um... 
also have it ready, nearly ready for paint, which is next week. And finally, a new exhaust coming, a two and a half inch slash cut. So that'll be cool on that. It's great to hear about these old cars getting ready just in time for Doug next said. season. Do you know what's great? He's young. Like, I think he's yep. about 20. It's also great to see Absolutely. young guys yeah. doing that as well. So that's class. Um, what else have we got? Alan Brown, 713. Probably a bit late. Never too late. Send them in whenever you want. But a quick jack mid-rise scissor lift or hold out for space for a uh, hold out space for a two poster i'm a hobbyist well this is something we've been looking at Lee. yeah scissor lifts take up a lot of room and it's not every job you can really do on them they're probably handy the cost of them the gap, the gap between buying a decent one and a four post or a two post is minimal that big that's mm. that's what we discovered too yeah i think a scissor it's about eight or nine hundred pound, if not more, isn't it? Oh no, you're probably talking eighteen hundred. Oh flip, get around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um the other thing, the quick jack, if it's what I'm thinking of, is I like a two post that, that bolts into the ground. Mm. This is something I seen with um his YouTube channel Engineered to Slide. And what he does is it's like a small portable two two post that you can sort of manhandle yourself. And I've seen commercial versions of them, and actually. They're bolted into the floor. They're so, bolted in? So what he done was he, he put, like, inserts into the floor and puts it over, bolts it down. He lifts the car up and then puts it on these giant axle stands that he built, like wheel stands. Mm-hmm. And then so he basically... So he can park another one in underneath parks them. Another one, and then he, he also has other studs mounted in the ground that he moves the jack and does the same beside it. Because he's quite a big workshop, but he couldn't put two lifts in. So that was pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure what space you have, Alan, but for me, if you had the space, I would be probably looking towards a two-post because mm-hmm. it'll make your life a lot easier. It's something we've wanted for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're hopefully going to make it happen pretty soon, which is cool. Um, Ian K, what is your favourite tool you own? You calm yourself, Nigel. I'm not talking <laughs> about tools. I would say, honestly... I know I talk about sawzalls and shit like that. Impact gun. You That'll, don't even own one. I don't. Because it's mine. I don't own any particles. <laughs> you own them all. Impact gun. The sawzalls yours. Well, true. I think it's labor saving. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing about an impact gun is if you're lying on your back under a car and you're trying to undo a bolt, the breaker bar only lets you so much yeah. movement or can get in. You get an impact gun onto it. It's great. I think one of the years I was pulling cars apart, one of the best tools I bought around that time was the, I forget what the name of the tool is, but you know the way you have the retaining clamps around hoses? And it's a locking. Yes. That there, whatever that's called. Because I always use vice grips for those and hose, then the fly off. clamp removal tool or whatever it is. Yeah. Instead of absolutely skin the knuckles off you. Every time. Trying to do it with fingernose pliers. Oh, pain in the arse. That's yeah. how Stefan lost his vice grips. He was trying to do that and then I think they flew off and hurt his hand. He threw them in a bad temper and they ended up jammed in the top corner of his garage like they when he threw the them, rafters they, they hit and opened out and they spread it out into the rafters and just jammed there and were there for years that reminds me of so many good memories it does yep <laughs> <laughs> so many sore fingers and hands um yeah i would say impact gun for me then yeah probably me too i like all my milwaukee's do you know what i like and i don't particularly have a brilliant one but a really good ratchet is a really pleasing thing yeah. to me. And I often think, whoever designed a ratchet, what a guy. Have you ever taken one apart? I don't know. Have you, Nigel? 
Well, an explodal, the, the cheap one. They're very basic they're inside. Very clever, though. Ball, ball bearings. And yeah, when yeah. You, you look inside them, they're very simple mechanism. They're class. But yeah, whoever invented that's definitely. But one with a really good ratchet mechanism. Mechanism in it. Yeah, there's Satis- just something makes about a satisfying it. Satisfying noise. It really does. Do you know what I love? And I, I obviously did this the other day to remove that fifth gear for Lee. Was uh, I love cheap tools that you don't have to worry about that you can modify. So you can like weld bits to, cut bits off. You know, if I bought a two hundred and fifty pound set of pullers, they'd be I keep them in the house in the drawer. Yeah. You know, where those I can cut bits off them, whatever, and it just works because they were twenty quid. Yeah, um, Harbor Freight for the win. I know we need to get it over here. We have Amazon Prime for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, another previous guest, Robin McGrath, Robin thirty three says, "What's your ultimate car holiday? Mine's a week drifting in Japan." Oh, that sounds cool. That would be good. I see Adam LZ's over at, uh, what do you call that, drift track that is over in Japan. Oh, I should everybody, know the name of it. Everybody goes, you bish your, your Yeah, your, we, we talked like about it. It was the one that flooded. Yeah, it got damaged. Um, I think NC500 is one of my goals, basically, in the next few years. I, I can see you doing that soon. Yeah. I want to go to Wolfsburg. I would I would like to go to Wolfsburg. And Lee, you not like this. Nigel to drive was, there? Yeah, and then go and visit it. The factory tour? Mm-hmm. You're not like this, Lee. Nigel and I were supposed to go, but you couldn't go because you don't have a penis. Yeah, I know. Which was Annie Maxwell's stag do, wasn't it, originally? Yeah. Yeah, so that would have been cool. If you guys go without me, <laughs> there will be big trouble. There will be blood. <laughs> there you go. Honestly, what we do going to America, going to shows, is what I enjoy because it's just hanging out with your friends. And as mm-hmm. sad as that sounds and as achievable as it is as in you don't have to pull any strings to do anything you literally just have to pay the flights i really enjoy doing that it's another idea i've sort of had on the back of uh drag week and drift week you couldn't really do it here in ireland because lack of tracks but uh track week yeah where you go around and do a load of tracks one lap of america is a bit like that have you seen that is that just track, track it goes track. around america um Escher, who runs Mark One Madness, one of our listeners, he built a, a Mark One with the 07K, the five cylinder in it, with like bird cup arches and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a big um, oh, football, and me don't mix as you know. Who would be what football team have like burgundy and blue English team? West Ham. West Ham. He's a big West Ham fan. And the car's actually done up in those colours as well. This is my football reference here, Nigel. (laughs) Um, And he has done one lap at least once. You could round the different tracks and race. So it's something I don't know a lot about, but you should look into it if that's the sort of thing you're thinking of. Mm. It's quite cool. Uh, Murray.d91. Thoughts on one, Max Verstappen. He's a dick. Yeah, he is a dick. And two, Haas dropping Mick and taking K back, back K-Mag last year and then it runs off by assuming Hulkenberg this year. The best thing that's ever happened. I don't see the issue with him dropping Mick. Mick is underperformed. Yes. Simple and as that. It's, a, it's, a, it's a winning, at, or what do you say, it's competitive. You're not going to have something that's not competitive. Haas, well, you never say never, but Haas are never going to be the top team. They're a mid-level team. I think Haas know they their don't place. look like a bunch of wankers. Exactly. So, yeah. so <laughs> and reversing your car backwards into a wall at speed generally no. tends to look like wankers. But um, they're bringing back Hulkenberg because he'll consistently score points. They yeah. don't care if he wins. They want him in the points. And that's where KMAG is most of the time too. Yeah. And that's they need points. Consistency. To, yep. 
they don't need people crashing cars, and that's why Michael let go, unfortunately. Now, I don't doubt he'll have a good career. It might not be an F1. It's just he'll go and drive somewhere else, and that's it. But I think I said in the last episode, the Mick fanboys on the Haas Instagram pages is just embarrassing, like picking holes in everything that Haas do. Like, right down to, like, they wouldn't let him do donuts. And I'm like, even, like, as a relative new to F1 this last few years, even I know that you can't, well, one, they needed to have a certain amount of fuel to get back. So if you use that up, he's fucked. Tires get reused. A mid-level team like that will be using the car for development. You know, if he blows that up, he doesn't care because he's walking away. But it was just a crying, oh, you wouldn't let him do this. You wouldn't let him do that. Just like, I just look at it and I'm like, am I going to respond? And then I go, no, don't waste your time. But I get very frustrated. <laughs> I thought of the thing that I was going to say, which is good announcement came out there last week, I think. There's going to be direct flights to the States from Belfast in like 2024 they're launching yeah they're starting off with 6 and then going to 30 I think it's going to be brilliant and I think they're cheap flights the yeah, way they're talking like about an easy jet like a budget transatlantic thing because we did that with Norwegian from Dublin Atlantic. something like that yeah that'll be fun so that'll be good it'll open up uh, for us going to shows and maybe if any uh, Americans want to come visit us you're more come on ahead after 2024 when the flights get cheap yeah, <laughs> yeah keep listening uh, again Declan says what would make EVs easier to accept for you? I feel like that's aimed at me. I think it's aimed at me. Styling, fake engine, exhaust note or other. For me, it comes down to styling. Well, I think here, can it was then? But I don't I don't see why a lot of these other manufacturers have to be doing quirky ah, with EVs. Just make it look like a normal. Just be normal. Just be normal. Yeah. You can accept that it's a totally different thing. It's like the difference between petrol and diesel. If you put an EV into this and make it look like all the other cars, well, then... It's fine. Do you know what I was thinking earlier when I was talking about Bullet, the new film? What if they make them electric cars? <laughs> well, they might have to put a soundtrack in over it then if that's the case. Make me want to boke. It's like the Jetsons. <laughs> that's how they make EV more acceptable. Do Star Wars noises. Well, the make Taycan did that, didn't they? Fly. Yeah. That's what I want. Also, those are also called planes. <laughs> no, helicopters. Oh, they're good too. You want to be able to land and take off from wherever. Uh, FF Metalworks, he says, fuck, marry, kill, bananas, ketchup and pickles. And this one's definitely square to me because I hate all of them. Uh, I'm just going to kill them all. Yeah. You like bananas? I love bananas. Nope. Bananas are awesome. Nope. One of my favorite fruits. I don't mind a banana flavored Petty Flu yogurt because it's mostly sugar, but other than that. I didn't think they did a banana flavor. Banana milkshakes are just top oh, tier for me. milkshakes are good. And I like pickled onions, but traditional, what he'd be calling pickles, isn't your... No, but you really like Nick and Rachel's pickles, so you do actually like pickles. Uh, well, if we're You just don't like the stupid vinegary cucumber that you get on the side of every dish you order in America. True. Yeah, well, they don't. They They're don't. They're like bourbon and spices and stuff through it, and as long as I can mentally get past the fact that it's a cucumber I'm eating, it's good. All right. But all like the peppers and stuff, I was munching them out of it. It was great. Those were awesome. Ketchup is disgusting. It is. And should die. It can fire. go in the bin. Yeah. Ketchup? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Even two, the smell of it. The I two of us do not eat it at all. These are weird. Like, if you put it on something, I couldn't even scrape it off. It's rough okay. gear. Uh, Dennis also says, because of Connor's harassment, I now own two Milwaukee tools. Excellent. <laughs> Good man. Yes. You're a hashtag influencer, Connor. I like it. Uh, S14 OCP. Any Black Friday bargains? You didn't, Nigel? No, nothing, no. nothing motor related. I'm afraid not. I was going to um, 
going back to what you were saying Lee, earlier about when we went to visit Connor Old for the gearbox, mm-hmm. I discovered he has um, a bead roller. A bead roller. Ooh. And I was like, this is fantastic. Connor and I do very similar stuff with engine bays. And I was like, going to have one of those. Contacted the company. Seen it. It's a, a cheap one. Works fine. Um, for all I'll ever use it, but that's exactly what I needed. But when their Black Friday offer was on, it was like 30 quid off. And I kind of thought to myself, I can stretch myself now and buy it, but I'm not going to use it till next year. So for the sake of saving 30 quid, mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait and get it next year kind of thing. I did buy one or two things, but they weren't car related whatsoever. I did look at the Nike shoes quite a lot. Refrain. Yeah. Paul Glennon, he says, I missed the submit your posts or submit your questions post, but being Paul, he'll ball on as usual. Yep. Um, Oh, here we go. Nigel, when are we getting an edition one update? Move on. Move on. Connor, <laughs> when are we getting a Mark Three VR or Cabby update? Move we'll on. move on. Uh, Lee, keep doing what you're doing. Jetta is epic, but I do miss your Vento. You can linger on that if you want. That's a bit of praise. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Uh, uh, someday. Uh, when are you releasing a Spotify playlist? We should actually do that after a follow-up from our... I think we have one from... We did. There was, like, just songs to drive to. Yeah. These ones are songs to lose your license to. Yeah. Ah, yes. Always good. Uh, he also says, shots fired. Yes. yes. Thanks, Paul. I think I responded to him saying, forever a dick. Yeah. Very good. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Chris Moran. Not abusing this time. Yep. Uh, Chris says... What do you prefer? Spend all the budget on the best example possible or go for the cheapest and use the rest of the budget to sort it out? It's a fine line. I you feel get, like you I buy cross. a shade and spend over what you could have bought a good example with. I'm learning that as I get older. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm mature. The false economy sometimes buying a shade. It also depends what you're buying because with a more modern car, you could take a chance, um, say, buy a 911 for 20 grand. That's at the cheaper end of the market when they're kind of worth, you know, an average or good one's 30. You could try and take the chance and if something comes up, if you're able to do the work yourself, you only have parts in it and you're kind of saving then you're losing your time. But maybe that's what you enjoy doing. The other option is, and this seems to be happening quite a bit when they go digging in cars, you could buy a classic car. Say, for example, Nigel, uh, your Mark 1 there looks great and you could drive away at that and it's 100% and then I buy it and pull the engine out and go really digging on it a bit like Lee's car actually what happened and it's you know there's rot hiding and stuff like that where if you bought a really cheap one knowing that you were going to do all that anyway you know you have to do welding and replace it's sort of it's swings yeah, and roundabouts Dan Chambers for example yeah he stripped out his car and just went oh 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 time to make a YouTube channel yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it is Double a fine line give me a hug please <laughs> I I have always been on the, with not having much money, in earlier times especially, buying cheaper and just putting the time into it kind of thing. But I, th- I feel now as I get older, you don't have as much time. You have that issue on your I side. I think the most essential thing when you're buying a car, if you're not going to buy the creme to the creme, a solid base. Yeah. Make sure the chassis is solid and then work on that. Yeah. But like we did with the Jetta. That worked oh, out. Weird. No. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out perfectly. That's why we have a donor car. Uh, and the last one I have here is from Johnny Blair. Wow. So New listener. New listener, indeed. Uh, shout out to the Tents and Seekers guys. Probably some of the nicest Mark 1 Mark 2s in the country, that man. Yes, I do. Yeah, that Mark 1 is coming out this oh. year. It's going to be very, very mm, nice. Fantastic. 
He says, what's the chances of bringing back a forum? You guys will reckon you know enough people here across the water in America who would gladly use something like this. Um, something the way of Edition 38 forum used to be. I personally visit Edition 38 and GTNI forum seven nights a week. <laughs> it was a wealth of knowledge and uh, could always find exactly what you're looking for. And build threads were a must see instead of everything getting lost in the best that is Facebook. Uh, with the Fallen Reload podcast has... It would be a springboard to advertise the forum. would be interesting to know what listeners think on this. Uh, maybe they could comment, bring back forums when they rate the podcast. <laughs> bit long-winded, <laughs> but I miss forums. Yeah, Johnny's a similar vintage in, of ourselves and of the forum days. I fully agree with him. For us to do something like that, I don't think is feasible. Talking to Andy Cooper, the maintenance of a forum is just uh, overwhelming yeah. sometimes. It gets too big. And, and Andy has a great team of moderators yeah. to run it and and do you know what's wrong too? The younger generation don't know how to use them. Yeah. It's look at when you're on RMS, the average age is definitely well into the thirties mm. from the people who do post. And I remember showing younger guys who I used to work with about it and they would sign up and then not use it. Mm. They're like, I can just post on Facebook. It's uh, don't get it. That has kind of killed it. And then I was thinking about it, I was actually thinking about this this morning about it. It was like there's no way we could go about it because none of us are very computery minded either. Mm-hmm. But you do have RMS as an option because there's a lot of, like Connor Old's build thread, you know, there's a lot of really yeah. good build threads on that. Um, like every form, there's a lot of shit to wade through too. You know, um, the other thing was we could open up the Relo podcast Facebook page as a discussion group that people can post in. So it might have been a way to get listeners maybe they hear each other, you know, messing in with questions and mm-hmm. never interacted. Let people post and go that way but then the attention seekers guys already have something like that so it's just another mm. form of that it's a weird that's weird a page, the attention seekers page. it's brilliant yeah the stuff that's posted yeah. on it's absolutely brilliant. class there's a nice cover photo at the minute just saying very nice cover photo <laughs> Lee yeah <laughs> Lee won their competition for the Jetta I did yeah I absolutely love forums so let's Funny. pass that ball back to the attention seekers start yeah. up a forum where's, where's the attention seekers forum <laughs> so I think and it's probably a bit lazy but just use RMS. There is that It's too. there. It's yeah. good. It's well run. There's a lot of good build threads you on know, it. You, you could say we'll set up another one just for us, but why not just join in with them? Yeah. the Unite the car community. That's yeah. it. The other thing too, I actually found this with doing your gearbox, Lee. I found six different forums with a DIY for doing that fifth gear swap. Mm. One had photos and all the photos weren't there. Like not all the photos were there. So yeah. I did try to take photos while doing that without trying to get through a fit of rage to try and even just post it in your build thread and at least it's there for someone if they can find it. Torque specs and things like that. Mm-hmm. But that is us out of questions, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so that finishes us up for another podcast. Any next, final closing thoughts? Next one's going to be fun. The next one is going to be fun, hopefully. Or Christmas jolly. It will be our Christmas special. Yes, for anybody who's been listening over a year now, we'll know what we're talking about. Yes. So hopefully that'll be a wee bit of crack. So if you do have any more questions or things that you want us to talk about while we have a few wines in, then yeah. by all means send them through. Just sitting thinking, we'll probably put a question thing up before we record, but you know, let us know what you want for Christmas or yeah, post in. what you're building over the winter, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. What, what's Santa bringing you? Christmas presents. Or... Well, I suppose you can't really tell what you're buying somebody that's in the car for Christmas. Ah, true, because it'll come out. Unless they don't Suggestions. <laughs> Why don't we turn it on the listeners? 
Christmas present ideas. I for all yeah. our listeners. Yeah. The other thing as well is too, um, this next episode will be a bit of a free-for-all. I feel like they're all a bit of a free-for-all at times. Mm. So literally anything goes. We will be drinking. Send us whatever question you want answered. We'll try our best to answer it. Yes. Um, doesn't have to be about cars. You can send us anything. Just general chit-chat and just have a bit of crack because it's essentially the, the Reload Podcast Christmas party. Christmas party. Yep. So it should be fun. Uh, but for for now, for this episode, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for everybody who sent in questions and comments. We will catch you on the next one. In the meantime, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so collectively at Reload Podcast or individually. I'm at Maxwell House 46. I'm at V Dubboy. And I'm at Connor McCann. See you later, folks. Bye. Cheers, Bye. folks. Bye.